0: Welcome to AI Marketing, a podcast for sales and marketing professionals that want to increase their sales, leads and conversions through the use of artificial intelligence solutions. And now, here's your host, Mark Friedelman. I bet you thought the Encyclopaedia Britannica was dead. Well, you might be surprised to learn that it's not. They've just come up with a revolutionary new AI program called The Guardians of History. In today's episode, you're going to learn how Moonshot developed the app and is marketing it through Amazon's Alexa and Google. Reka Sarket is the lead voice practice leader of Moonshot, and she's here today to talk about their app, Guardians of History. So Reka, welcome to the show, first of all, but can you kind of give us your bio and uh, any information about you at Moonshot?
1: yeah thanks mark i'm really excited to be talking to you about this today so at moonshot my focus is as you mentioned leading our voice practice so how do you help brands navigate this new technology and figure out how to really design lovable voice experiences whether that's through audio with smart speakers like alexa or google home or chatbot so super exciting and ux has always been uh, my passion and so getting into a conversation has been really fun and Helping brands kind of figure this all out is something that I really love to do.
0: Wonderful, and, and I know we talked before the show, but I, I'm I'm just kind of confused. Uh, encyclopedias aren't dead apparently, but they've just been reinvented through AI. Is that is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. They're they're not dead. So Britannica actually turned all digital back a couple of years ago, and. What we've actually done is, we haven't just taken the encyclopedia and brought that to Voice, but we've thought about the purpose of encyclopedias is to help people learn history. And so uh, Voice does that in a really nice way. And wanting to focus on children, we thought an interactive story would be the best way to really teach kids about, in this case, ancient Greece.
0: And tell us a little bit about how the app works. And I know it's on Alexa Skill and, and Google Action how it works. I mean, how do you get it? How do you launch it? What, uh, what's the interaction like? Um, give us a little preview of that.
1: Yeah. So to get it going, all you have to say is Alexa open guardians of history or Hey Google open guardians of history. And then you're basically transported into ancient Greece where the device will kind of guide you through. You'll have a couple opportunities or a bunch of opportunities to navigate your way through and go visit different parts. Athens and it's really easy to get started and it's a nice interactive story that we really targeted eight to 12 year olds for this experience and so wanted to make sure that it was interactive and engaging but easy to use since there's no screen
0: okay so they they, what interact with some kind of narrator about ancient ancient greece or some ancient world and that that narrator kind of talks back to them or gives them more information or are they led through some kind of a story?
1: Yes. So they're led through kind of a buddy that they're paired with and then they go and are given different opportunities, whether they want to travel to certain places within the story and they can go from there and kind of choose how they restore history.
0: You know, I've been on the executive boardrooms of these organizations, kind of these I called old world companies. And I know how Difficult it is to change the model slightly much less extremely like Encyclopedia Britannica did So how did they get this done? And when were you brought in to kind of deliver on this solution?
1: Yeah, so Britannica is I'd say pretty unique They're a brand that's always been pushing the digital boundaries and looking at ways that they do transform I know, we've seen a lot of changes when we zoom out and look at publishing and so in this case Britannica was already Entertaining the idea of voice and trying to figure out how they leverage it. And so they came to us with a couple concept ideas And we really helped them understand What exactly they could do help them do some research and really dig into the specifics and kind of answer given the fact that voice is so new and nobody or they didn't have like a, a Clear grasp on it. We could help educate and work with them to really take advantage of it in a way that's authentic and unique to their brand
0: but internally, was there some kind of a struggle to get this done or had they already decided before you got there uh, to go this route and to, to bring you guys in? Do you know anything about the inner workings of the decision-making? Because I know that a, lot of, a lot of people, and mostly marketers, that are listening to this are thinking to themselves, yeah, easier said than done, right? Moving our company to some kind of a, a voice app or just a, using AI in general, can be an insurmountable task within most organizations. Now, I know by the fact that Encyclopedia Britannica stopped producing encyclopedias, they had to do something different. But what do you know about that decision-making process in, inside the organization?
1: Yeah, I know that they they definitely had interest in doing it. I think there were probably more challenges that we weren't necessarily privy to, but um, our approach for voice is really to smart start at a. MLP, a minimum lovable product approach, and look at how do you break down this, otherwise voice can be really overwhelming, right? And if you try to go too big too early, it can be be really difficult. So what we worked with them to do was really simplify and focus on a much smaller approach so that they could learn. They didn't have all the capacities internally. So we worked together with a bunch of vendors to really bring this to life and make it happen in a way that was more bite-sized and digestible as they kind of pivot. And as you said, move into this new territory.
0: So once they said, okay, let's go, they bring you in to deliver on it. Um, What challenges did you have with Alexa and Google and getting it set up? Was it difficult? Was it easy? What did you use to get, get it all set up?
1: Yeah. So, I'd say process is really important, and especially as a UX designer myself, um, understanding exactly who we're designing for is important. And I'd say that's especially important with voice given the fact that there really aren't best practices and how um, they knew they wanted to do a story and do something interactive and more on the entertainment side of things, but still with education, being that that's so core to their brand. And so with this situation and this project, we really wanted to look at it and understand within kids' world, how do they want to learn? And so we spent a lot of time out in the field talking with eight to 12 year olds and beyond that, as well as we kind of narrowed in and found out who exactly is our target audience and what kind of game do we want to build? There's tons of games on the platform, on Alexa and Google Home devices already, and so Understanding what exactly those games did, how do we kind of take some tried and true game mechanics and pull those into a Britannica voice experience. That was probably like our biggest challenge.
0: I was just getting, what, the process or the game mechanics?
1: Um, making sure that what we were designing would resonate with, with their customers. And,
0: and how did and you do you do that? Wanted to talk on. Did you test them um, kids? That's what we-
1: we did. Yeah. So we built a couple prototypes and then we took those out into the field and tested it with kids. And we had a ton of different concepts that we whittled down to those two. Um, and then we were able to really see, see them interact and we had some really great insights from that process that helped us make sure we were designing the right solution.
0: So then you built this, how long did it take to build?
1: It took about two months to build. That's it? Yeah.
0: Where did all yeah. the content come from? Who wrote it? Did somebody write it for you? Was there
1: The whole project was about six months and so we spent a good amount of time researching it and then actually designing the conversation. Um, we worked with a great group that helped do the script and the sound effects and all the auditory aspects of the skill, the music and all that, which is really important and we knew we wanted to do to really deliver a quality voice experience and so yeah it was something that we wanted to do quickly right like the sooner we could get it to market the better obviously you can spend a lot of time designing and building but it was important to us that we get it out there and then refine later if needed
0: okay and and was this an expensive kind of project is it inexpensive i mean i don't know if you could share a budget range for working with moonshot on something like this but um, i'm sure everybody would want to know
1: in my opinion i'd say it's it's pretty inexpensive I think you can you can accomplish a lot with a low six figure um, price tag or um, or potentially like a little bit lower, but we wanted to really deliver quality and so being able to, to have something and to be able to where there 's already so much adoption within the devices themselves. so many people have Alexa 's and Google Home, and so wanted to take advantage and you know capture the this audience that we have
0: and so let's move to you know one of my favorite things which is how do you plan to market the program is it is it more you guys you know at moonshot or is it uh, britannica that's going to be marketing it um let, let's start with that question
1: britannica will be marketing it so we've helped them with a go-to-market strategy um but they're really owning that part of the
0: project okay and since you wrote the go-to-market strategy, can you give us some insights as to what they're planning to do? And
1: Yeah, sorry. We didn't write the go-to-market strategy. We helped inform it and give them some advice on ways that you could take advantage of influencers, right? And like knowing that the audience is so um, focused. Where, where can you capture these people? Where can you help tell the story? Especially given the fact that it's um, an auditory experience. How do you How do you showcase that? So we didn't write the go-to-market strategy, but we we definitely tried to assist as much as possible to be good partners.
0: Okay, and and if uh, you were hired to do it, do you have any other ideas besides hiring influencers, what you would do?
1: I would say, I mean, discoverability is definitely a challenge on the platform. So making sure that there's good exposure and campaigns and Britannica in this scenario, in this situation has a really good following. And so they're able to, um, announce to the, to their following that they have created this new experience. Um, they also have partnerships with schools. So while it's summer right now, being able to communicate this as, to parents, right? Like it's a great way to keep your kid busy and have them entertained, but they're yeah. also learning throughout the process, which is a really nice balance of the two. And it's, I think a goal of most parents. So. Yeah, lots of different things. Um, media is important, making sure that people know the name also, since it's not Britannica, knowing to open up Guardians of History, things like that.
0: Is there any in-app marking that's in the app now in order to draw more people into it? And I'll give you a, kind of an example of what I'm thinking is, you know, let's say um, uh, Little Jimmy is, is you know interacting with the Guardians of History app on Alexa and he knows that his friend beth uh next door uh is also interested in the same type of history and then you know he could you know do something within the app to invite her or have her parents invited for her and that way now they're both sharing an experience with history and they have you know some kind of interaction that occurs i don't know what (laughs) it would be but uh, some kind of interaction and uh I, I think of it as these multi-level or multi-player games that are being done online my son certainly plays them uh, but i'm wondering mm-hmm. if there's anything like that any in-app viral type of uh features that you've built into it or is that something in the future or is that not even on the drawing board at this point
1: so i love that idea uh unfortunately that's not something that was built into this engagement um right now we have been exploring different ways that kind of through Britannica creating a, a kind of catered experience on their app and website, being able to kind of create a leaderboard. Obviously with kids there's sensitivity and some yeah. compliance things that we need to be aware of since it is a kid's skill. But yeah, we haven't, we haven't been able to kind of get to that level yet. Right now we're focused more on just since this is the first release, getting the content right and making sure that it's engaging kids want to come back and keep playing and then find ways to kind of extend community multiple people playing at the same time is something that we've talked a lot about but not incorporated into
0: the skill right now right i mean it would be i think it'd be kind of fun if you know two two kids that know each other or maybe they don't know each other are exploring the same history and they could leave little notes for each other or the ai can identify you know kids that uh have similar interest in, and maybe make recommendations to them um, in in the app, but it uh, sounds like it you know you guys had thought of it it's not on the drawing board but maybe potentially in the future
1: yeah I think as the technology and capabilities continue to increase we'll be able to have those capabilities but I think right now it's a little early um, but I think we're seeing so many advancements from a capabilities perspective, so hopefully soon We'll be able to do something like that.
0: Okay, wonderful. And one of my favorite questions is, "How do you plan to ma- monetize it?" <laughs>
1: yeah, great question. Um, so we talk a lot about monetization. It's obviously a very important part of business and making sure that um, you know we're we're looking at how this can help grow a company. So there's a couple different ways that we talk about monetization when it comes to voice. One is obviously monetizing within the skill. So ways of having you know, either premium content or monetizing by having add-ons or maybe um, like extra lives or something like that, if, if that was part of the story. So there's different ways we've been exploring, uh, incorporating in the next, next chapter of the Guardians of History experience, ways to add monetization. The other one that I think is really exciting is looking at voice as one piece of the ecosystem. And so in this case, given that it's a story, are there maybe coloring books or different types of materials, maybe a stack of cards or something like that, that Britannica could sell, and then voice can enhance the experience. So I wouldn't necessarily have to purchase the skill itself, but I can purchase material that will help support and enhance the experience. So okay. I think being creative. Obviously, monetization is a new capability um, for voice, or relatively new, I should say. And yeah. so, looking at how can we be creative? How can we leverage this technology where we're still getting adoption and people are purchasing, but it's not a core behavior right now? And so, are there other ways that we can creatively find ways to monetize?
0: Ideally, it's tied to some product or service offering on Amazon with with Alexa and, and Google on Google. But since it's just voice and you can't see it, I mean, maybe productization would be difficult unless somehow you could send it to their phone. I don't know the inner workings of Alexa skills and whether you could send images to someone's, especially a child's phone. I I think there'd be some issues there, but uh, maybe to their parent's phone or something like that, to whoever's owns the Alexa account. Some of the other things would be, uh, maybe subscriptions, or maybe something that uh, relates to some kind of educational program. I would think that would be a monetization opportunity. And you know, I'm just throwing stuff against the wall right now. I'm sure you guys have already gone through this. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's lots of good good ways to do it. I think it's just figuring out based on the content and your audience, how much are people willing to pay, and is there is it better to do a subscription model or more one off. Um, smaller purchases that people may view. Yeah. Or both potentially. Um, So I think it's interesting. It's great that that's now an option and people can monetize voice. And so I think it'll continue to or help brands get involved that have maybe been hesitant um, now that they can see. Those were definitely a lot of questions that we get in terms of what would the KPI be? How would I know if it's worthwhile? All that stuff. And so being able to have a direct opportunity to monetize within voice is great.
0: Yeah. Couldn't agree more. So our final question is, um, in a hundred words or less, what is your favorite chatbot AI voice app, you know, AI solution and why I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say, but I want to give you the opportunity to say it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I would definitely have to say guardians of history. I think, um, the way that, the skill was done, I think is amazing. Um, it was a big team that helped deliver it and kind of lended their areas of expertise. But to me, the sound effects, the realism, um, there's one part in particular that I really love, which has to do with a uh, goat. And so, um, I goat, let let the, yeah, let the viewers kind of go and experience that within the skill. But, um, it's a really playful, fun experience. Being able to watch kids use it and just see them light up and laugh and have fun with the experience has been really rewarding and so yeah i think that was a little bit over a hundred words but it's a really fun fun skill
0: wonderful well we'll be on the lookout for the goat i will, i'm going to ask uh alexa to to to, uh, to go to the goat scene if that's even possible and see what happens so yeah. where can uh our audience find more about Moonshot and Britannica and and a lot of this, believe me, will be in the show notes, but I want to give you the opportunity to let them know where they can find you.
1: Yeah. They can check us out online. Our website is moonshotio.com and you can learn about all of our service offerings. We do focus on voice, but we are um, a digital product studio that really is just about designing lovable experiences in whatever form that, that makes sense um so our website is great you can check out our social media of course um, find us on twitter and instagram and pretty much any avenue yeah and we'd love to connect and help brains figure this out you know voice has a lot of potential but there's a lot of unknowns and so helping people go through that process and connect them with their customers is, is really fun
0: and something that we love to do wonderful and of course as you know if you're a regular listener we have a chatbot on our Facebook marketing page that is facebook.com forward slash fanaticsmedia. Just click on message me and you'll start the interaction with our chatbot. Our marketing quote of the episode get closer than ever to your customers, so close that you tell them what they need well before they realize it themselves. That is by, of course, Steve Jobs. If you enjoy our podcast, please write a review for us in the Apple Podcast app your reviews encourage us and help others choose our podcast so Reka, really appreciate you being on and if you produce another one of these I'm going to have you back on if you don't mind
1: yeah I would love to thanks so much Mark and everyone feel free to reach out over LinkedIn as well Um, just look me up and I'd love to talk to you guys this has been really fun thanks Mark
0: thank you